So I often get mistaken for an Ethiopian. I don't think I look like one, but Ethiopians tend to think that I look like one. And uh, it just made me think of this one day. So I was working in D.C. and I'm taking the train home to change my clothes and head back out. I might have even been going to see a lady friend. So I am on the train and I, I try to stay very aware of my surroundings, almost like a woman trained to keep an eye out for creeps. I just like to know what's going on behind me. If anybody is around looking at me, I need to know my head is constantly on a swivel and it's not necessarily for checking out women. Used to be, now it's a safety thing. Um, I, I spot this guy and he is like, if I am on one side of the train, he's kind of in the middle of the train, but through a sea of people, it's rush hour, through a sea of people, I see him and he's dead, like he's got the death stare. So... I see him, acknowledge the death stare. I look away. I look back. Now he has moved closer. So if we were half a train away, now we're like a third of a train away from each other. And I was like, that's odd that he moved, but maybe he's getting off and he's inching his way closer to the door. I look away again. Now he has moved because I was like next to a door practically. So now he has moved. So he is directly across from me with his back to the door that's across from me. I'm still keeping my eye on this because I'm like, I know he is not going to try to rape me in broad daylight. As I'm looking down and I've always had headphones in since I was a child. If I wasn't forced to take them out, I've always been a music person. I'm a slave to this people trying to talk to me while I have my headphones in it's like there's some magnetic field like a spidey sense because right before they touch me I generally am aware that someone is moving close to me like they've breached my proximity alarm and my body is like who the fuck is this so he's about to touch me I immediately give him the death stare now and he's talking I take out a headphone Annoyed. It's it's written on my face like it was smeared in feces. I'm annoyed. Anytime I have to take out my headphones to talk to you, it doesn't matter if you're a stranger or family, I'm annoyed. And he's like, uh, hey, are you are you from the motherland? And it took me a second because I was like, what the fuck? And he was dressed like a normal person. If he were wearing a, a suit with a bow tie and he had asked that question, I would have immediately known what he was talking about. I would have expected something like that. So I'm like, oh, he's asking if I'm African. And I'm like, nope, I'm, I'm not. I put my headphone back in, go about my business. Let's say another 20 seconds passes. Probably wasn't that long. He's about to touch me again, and I feel it, so now I look up at him again like, what are you doing? Don't touch me, stranger. And again, he's starting to talk. So I, I remove my headphone for a second time, and he's like, because if you were from the motherland, and now, 
now I'm I'm a lot less polite because I'm annoyed that I had to tell you twice I'm not African. So on the second time, like as he's like, because if you were, then I was going to, and I'm like, but I'm not. I'm not African. I'm not from the motherland, wherever you're from. I go back to my stuff. I put my headphones back in. Less time passed. So maybe now we're talking like three or four seconds. And now he's just talking. He knows better than to try to touch me. But I know that he's still talking to me because I can see his hands moving. And... I pause my music. I don't take the headphones out. And what I understand him to be saying is because if you were from there, then I was going to ask if you could put some money on this Metro card that I have. And he's holding out a Metro thing so that, you know, like, especially if you're a New Yorker, New York has the Metro had the Metro when life was life. It was you pay two dollars and like, let's say, 75 cents, I think to go in one direction meaning I couldn't ride from the Bronx all the way to far Rockaway which is I'm guessing a two and a half to three hour ride on the train maybe it's only two but it's definitely two because even from Brooklyn where I am it's like two hours to get to far Rockaway Beach but you can do all that for 275 in DC they're clocking everywhere you go. So if I get on and I'm only going three stops, those three stops might cost me 375. Now imagine if I'm going much further, which is why people do all kinds of wild shit in DC. I used to do this thing where I would get and, and this is while I was working for the government. I, I, was, I had a job. I was making decent money, and I was still like, this shit is robbery. So I would get really close to the person in front of me, and once they swipe through, they've got a weird turnstile because it's not a turnstile. It's like two pieces that come out to block people, and they come from each side. So it'll stop you in the middle if you haven't done something correctly. But it hung open long enough that once they did it, I would just be right practically inside of them. I would be right on their ass while we ran through the turnstile. Because I was like, I'm not paying you. I'm not paying you $9 to go five stops. No. So the African on the train is holding this card. And he's like, because I was going to ask if you could put some money on this card. Now, part of me sympathized for him. Because DC's Metro is some bullshit. And I was like, that's unfortunate. I don't know where he's going, but since you're already on the train, there is an issue getting out, which is almost something to be discussed. Because like in DC, hypothetically, you could have a couple of bucks get on the train. And then when you're ready to leave, now you can't leave. New York doesn't make you swipe again to get out because... They only charge $2.75 one way. DC, you got to swipe, not even swipe, you got to stick your thing in or touch it, and it'll tell you insufficient funds. So now they won't let you leave. And there was a time when they had machines that were next to the exit so you could go put more money on, but you had to have cash, I believe. I don't think that you could have like a debit card, which caused a lot of problems. I remember there were times when I had to like, go to the bathroom or something awful 
and I would run into the metro person like I don't have any cash on me and it's not letting me leave and some of them would be like tough shit and you know you do what you got to do but then some of them would be like all right just go ahead because it's like well, what are you gonna do am I gonna live here now or am I just gonna jump this shit and get the fuck out of here so I'm feeling somewhat bad for this African dude, but at the same time, I'm like, but I told you that I'm not, though. You're looking for someone African, and I understand that I might be the closest. I wasn't the only black person on the train. There were other black people on the train, and I was the only one he tried hitting on slash soliciting for cash. Maybe it's because I was wearing a suit. I don't know. But eventually, he left me to go about my way, but I was just thinking about... That's probably the weirdest time that somebody's ever mistaken me for African because it's weird that I, I should have to tell you three times I'm not. Once should be fine. It's like if somebody uh, thinks I'm a homosexual. In that whole situation, like, my asshole was clenched tight because it was rape city. Something about that dude, he was convicted in the future. Um, but even if I'm, like, just trying to tell somebody I'm not gay... There have been a couple of people I had to tell more than once. Now, if I have to tell you more than once, I'm upset. The first time, okay, like, no, I'm not gay. It's not something offensive to be called. But once I tell you that I'm not, let that be it. Because there was one time when a dude and I got real heated. He was gay, and we would later go on to be very friendly. He's a wonderful person. But the first time we met, he was so sure that I was gay, probably because I have a lisp. It's been something I've had to deal with my whole life. That doesn't make me gay. I just have a speech impediment. Um, and he just kept insinuating I was gay. And I think I had just started dating my wife. And I was like, I'm not gay, man. And he kept going. And I was just like, look. As a matter of fact, no, there are a couple of times that I almost got in a fight over somebody calling me gay. Because I, I used to know this one dude before we got to know each other well. He was like, uh, you look like Tracy Morgan. That is not a compliment. And I was like, okay, well, you know, I've heard a couple of people say that. People say I look like a couple of people. That's fine. And he was like, Tracy Morgan's gay, right? Now, Tracy Morgan isn't gay. Not to the best of my knowledge. But for the next, like, 20 minutes, he kept talking about how gay Tracy Morgan is. And then he would come back and tell me, I mean, you look just like him. And I was like, all right, well, I kind of feel like you, you're trying to call me gay by saying that. I already told you Tracy Morgan's not gay. Now I'm getting mad on Tracy Morgan's defense because I'm like, look, the man's not gay. And you keep saying I look like him and I'm not gay, but I think I understand where we're going with this. So I was really mad. And it got to a point where the dude, like, wanted to step around the corner about it. That and he had, like, fucked me out of a pinball game. That's a long geeky story and he was like you seem really upset man did you want to um i don't know take a walk around the corner and at the time i'm on probation and i was like i am not getting ready to fight with you over a pinball game that might have been the moment that i truly achieved some level of adulthood like there's some stupid shit to fight about but that's some stupid shit that i am not about to Dude, you're not going to believe what just happened. So, I'm in the bathroom dealing with a monster. Wait, you just came out of my bathroom? And I'm sitting there biting my bottom lip like, Lord, please get me through this. I don't know 
what happened, but it was like trying to pull a sock off the biggest foot. You ever seen like my 600 pound life, like trying to pull a sock off one of those type feet leg combinations. You probably can't see it, but I need it. And it's just draining me. Like, I'm sitting there thinking, is this it? Is this how I die? Literally, I have got my hand on shit, pulling it out of my ass like an astronaut. And it dawned on me, man. You saw that I'm almost out of hand soap? Because it was almost gone before you that this year fucking terrorism i thought i smelled shit did you wash your hands there's no god there's nothing nothing but us man just a bunch of roaches running around with shoes on killing each other we're all alone man you're goddamn right we're all alone it sounds like you made a mess in my bathroom Let's just see what we've got here. Oh, God damn it. It smells like there's no God, too. Well, we made it. We're almost to Christmas time. It is in less than a week. And if you celebrate Hanukkah, happy Hanukkah with a C to you. Always want to call it Shanukkah. I remember when I was working for Navy Federal a long, long time ago. I had this supervisor who was Muslim, and at the time, I was still Christian. If you're unaware, I have no religion. I am an atheist. Um, so, I didn't get along with my supervisor. And I'll get into that after this, because I rarely think of that lady, but... <clears throat> we hate each other. Like, it's mutual. So she's Muslim, and it's almost Christmas time. And I remember my team got together, and my friend Cassandra asked, so what are we gonna get our supervisor? And everybody's throwing ideas around, and I speak up. Now, it is no secret to anybody else in my team that I don't like her, and she doesn't like me. And so I'm just like, um, she's Muslim, right? And, uh, everybody's like, yeah, yeah. And, like, there's a dude who was on my team. I'm gonna say his name, Azad, who was also Muslim. And, uh, I was like, she's Muslim, right? And everybody's like, yeah. And I was like, well, there's your gift right there. And they were like, what? And I was like, you get nothing. Because Christmas is a Christian holiday. So we don't give her anything because she's Muslim right and everybody's like well you know christmas isn't christian anymore and i was like what the fuck are you talking about it's almost in the name it starts with christ how did we get so far away now in the end i think we still ended up getting her something i know i honestly might not have put money towards it like on principle um because i hated that lady that much but Sometimes there can be a softness inside of me, so I might have just because they would have had to pay more if I paid less. That sounds like something I would do. <laughs> That's where my kindness is. Um, 
But yeah, this supervisor and I, I remember when I started working underneath her. First of all, because I had transferred from another department. And she was so happy that I was coming. I guess when I interviewed, she thought I was going to be very different from how I was. Now, the younger version of me was incapable of working in an office setting. It took years, like a decade, for me to finally get the little nuances and what you could and couldn't do because my face was a big problem. Whoa. <laughs> I wear my emotions like on my sleeve. If you pissed me off, you really don't have to question it. You can read it like there's a brochure opening on my face. So it was the first week of me starting this new position. And she was so happy, walked me around to her boss slash my new boss, walked me around to the whole team, says hellos, oh, he's going to be great, this and that. She's Egyptian. She's the first Egyptian person that I ever met, knowingly. We're sitting there going through some kind of correspondence and she asked me a question. Now, I'm just kind of shadowing. I really don't know what it is that our team does. She asked me a question, I didn't answer it right. And she goes, no, don't be retarded. And this is like 2007. And I was like blown away. Cause I'm like, you can't say that to me. But I didn't say anything. I think my face was just stuck in, what the fuck did you just say to me? And so that was the beginning, but things didn't get really bad right away. But she was nitpicking every little thing I did. So over the course of, I think, two and a half years, yeah, I worked for that woman. And my first review under her was not good. One of her notes in the review was, you look at me like you want to kill me. Now, that was very true because I definitely like if I were someone who didn't give a fuck about anything like spending the rest of my life in prison, I definitely would have killed this woman. And what's crazy was at first I found her very attractive and I was so excited that I was going to be able to work around her and kind of stare at her from time to time. She had big breasts and at the time that's what was important to me. But, I don't know. Maybe she caught the look a little and that bothered her. Never brought that up to me. And that's what fueled her hatred in the beginning. Then I think it got to a point where we just butted heads so often. Like, somebody else would make a mistake and I would make the same mistake. But I would catch hell for it. The other person, not a word said. She would reply all and say something just to me that could have been said to me later on. So everybody saw the way that she treated me. And it, it went past that. When we had our meetings, if I spoke out about something, it would be this heated debate. But everybody else didn't have that issue. And I was unafraid. Like if she would often ask us, our input when we were creating new 
policies and things to follow. And I remember there was one time that I didn't like the new way she wanted to do it. Because I was like, that doesn't really make a ton of sense to do it that way. Shouldn't we do it this way? And everybody else got on the same page as me. And they were like, yeah, we should probably do it that way. And she's like, no, I want to do it this way. That's fine. You say we're going to do it this way. I'll do it that way. But I remember on my last review, she made it a point to put in there that specific situation that I just mentioned that a team had gone over something and decided to do something one way yet I did it the other way and I was like that's not true I did it the other way prior to our team having discussed it but you put it like this as though I intentionally went against what we all agreed upon that day it was weird. It was the first time that I've ever had to go back through my emails. Fortunately, I did keep a file after the first like year and a half. I was like, I should keep a, a record of all of these things that she does that I feel like are kind of just discriminating against me. And uh, I eventually did turn that file into HR. And um, unfortunately, she had created such a thick folder of lies. Like, after I turned my stuff into HR, I would check back with them two, three weeks. Like, hey, did anybody look at what I sent you? Because this lady is a problem. Nobody gets back to me. And then I just get pulled into her office now I'm, I'm i kind of saw it coming so my office was devoid of all things personal it was to the point at the end because they did give me like she pulled me aside prior to that last review coming out and she was like so i'm not gonna give you a good review and that could lead to termination I was like, what? But by this point, she and I have gone so back and forth. Like, my first review was bad. So then I had a uh, probationary one or something like that six months later. And that was good. And then right before I'm getting ready to have my second review, she tells me that everything is looking great. And I'm like, well, how can I exceed your expectations? Because at this point now, we're pretending to get along, which is the best you can hope for. She says, blah, 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 so that I can get exceeds expectation. I don't just want to meet expectations. And then about two weeks before she pulled me aside and told me that I was going to get a second bad review after she had just told me that I was meeting her expectations and I asked how to exceed them. About two weeks before I'm due to get this review. She pulls me aside, tells me it's bad. Or tells me something bad is coming. But what had happened for the three days in a row prior to her pulling me aside was that George Mason University, which I had to drive past every day to get to work, school had just started again for the fall. And so traffic, I don't know why traffic is so fucking bananas the first like week or so of school, but it was like I tried leaving earlier than normal I was still late to work and she would get on me like 
I come from, you're not late unless you're 10 minutes late. Now, some people don't really get on board with that, but it's kind of just the basic rule. Like, you're not late. You're just not as on time as you should have been. But I was late three days in a row. Not like an hour late, not like a half hour late, probably like 15 minutes. But that set her off so much that she decided to just fucking go after me and have me fired. And I'll never forgive that woman. I'll probably never see her again. I hope nothing but the worst for her. I hope she is divorced, which is very possible because as I recall, she didn't have a great marriage. Um, And yeah, they wanted to get that lady a Christmas present. After just running back through all that, I'm like, did I throw money in? Because I hated her so much. I could see me being like, you know, I'm principal. I love you guys. And I will go buy you all a sandwich or something. But I cannot give money to this Muslim for Christmas when I hate her this much. You ever been done really wrong, man? Like somebody went out of their way to fuck you over? I got to tell you. I am a nice, nice person, but when I think about my old boss, Richard, man, I want revenge. I need it. He fucked me over, and he can't just get away with that. Sometimes I drive past his house, and I think, like, does he even have a security system, or could I just go in there and wait and hide for him, you know? I wish I could just stalk him and put some real time and thought into it. Like, I don't know. He always struck me like the kind of guy who went to strip clubs. And if you go to strip clubs and I figure, like, maybe you, maybe you buy a prostitute, right? I would have to get close enough to him to tell him I've got a connection that I could hook him up with, like, some really hot-ass women for, like, a really decent price. Because, you know, the high-priced women, they're valuing pussy crazy. But... You know, some of the, the low-class, street-level ones, they got the right price. They just ain't got teeth or something. You know, might be missing a breast. But if I could get close to him, I could be like, yo, man, you should check this place out. And then he calls him up, and he's like, you know, send over a couple of your finest girls. What, they're only 50 bucks? Fuck it, send over three, man. And then they show up, and then they fuck his brains out, right? They put him to sleep because they drained his nuts so bad. That's when I fucking sneak in, right? They leave, and I give them a lot more of his money because I know where he hides his fucking, like, safe or something. And then I start sucking his dick, right? And he starts, like, waking up, but he's getting head, so he doesn't bother to fucking, like, take the covers off or anything. He's like, oh, shit, that's how to start the day. And then I start fucking him, right? And while he's trying to run away, I'm like, no, 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 don't you remember me, mister, I made up some fucking employee files and had you canceled? I didn't even get to tell my side, man. Security just showed up and fucking removed me from the office, right? They hand me a folder on the way out. I hand you a folder. Congratulations. I got herpes. Now you got it too in your ass. That's what you get for fucking with Fernando. I'm kind of excited about the thought of uh, teaching my son how to ride a bike. I just, yesterday I was washing dishes, 
and I thought back to the day that I learned how to ride a bike. Now, he'll never have my experience, but I wish that I could go back and like see it from my mother's point of view. Uh, it didn't take me long to learn how to ride a bike, but what happened was we were living in Laurel, Maryland, which might still not be a great place, but it was not a nice neighborhood when I was a kid. If I haven't told the story of getting yanked out of our apartment in the middle of the night because we lived in the building with a serial killer who I spoke to and was alone with, I will make it a point to bring that up on the next episode because that was an interesting night. Um, so I learned how to ride the bike pretty quickly. I'm a quick learner. Cheese. And I remember my mom like shoving me off. It was one of those like, all right, now let's see how long you can stay up this time. And as she like let go of me, I had it and I just kept going. I don't remember if she asked me to come back. She was very young though. She was like 25, 26 maybe. And I can only imagine after the exhaustion of being a new parent, single parent. And when she saw me bicycling off, I don't think she called after me. Because I just kept going. I kept going into a bad neighborhood, and I remember that the sun was going down. It didn't get dark before I got back, but I'm in a bad neighborhood. And I ran across one of those kids who's like, oh man, is that your new bike? Can I ride it? I'll give it right back. I was never a fool. And I was like, nah, fat kid, you don't look like you're going to give me my bike back at all. Which just led me biking around the neighborhood. I was afraid to stop refused to stop pedaling because I was like, as soon as I stop pedaling, somebody's going to fucking get me and take my bike. I got to keep moving. And eventually I managed to left, right, left, right, right, left all the way back home right before it got dark. And I don't know. I don't remember if she was worried. I think that she was just like, ah, what a nice break. He'll be back with that bike soon enough in the ghetto. Um, but yeah, I can't wait to have a moment of that of my own. Next episode, we will discuss the murderer that I was friends with. Paces.